Get ready for a week-long celebration of music, community and fabulous fun with Joy Radiothon 2024. Joy has the largest collection of rainbow podcast content in the world and you can help keep us out loud and proud by donating during Joy Radiothon 2024. Just go to joy.org.au slash radiothon. Mark it in your calendars because Joy Radiothon returns June 1st to 7th and remember, we all flourish with joy. A silent storm begins to brew in an ancient land of darkness. With tumultuous force from the crust of the earth, two worlds come together as one from the past and the present, celebrating culture and spirit, paving the pathway to our future. It's time for dreaming. Urban dreaming. Finding your voice. Finding your spirit. Joy 94.9. Warren Jacker, Joy 94.9 would like to acknowledge and pay respect to the sovereign peoples of the past, present and future generations of the Kulin Nations on whose unceded land we work, live and broadcast from. We would also like to acknowledge all our brother boys and sister girls of the LGBTI communities. Yes, you're on Urban Dreaming. This is Thrummy on the mic, and unfortunately we don't have Layla in this evening, but that's okay. The show is here specifically to, to teach and to educate society on regards to protocols of this country. I really must acknowledge as well the country in which you stand in, and that's the Kulin Nation of the Rurundri land and uh, the Boonwurrung peoples. Yeah, I just want to make sure that we, we always show respect to that because that, that is part of our, our belongings in regards to making your stand as a people on this country. I've got a deadly show for you guys this evening, and we're going to be speaking to an amazing artist who I, I know only too well, who's actually just you know always been proving people and teaching and educating again in regards to giving mob a stand and, and educating society on the importance of our culture. This woman has been a Helpman Award winner as well and has travelled the world. So it's going to be an amazing conversation with her. And also we'll be chatting on the phone with Kian. He's actually just a young fellow. We, we mentioned him last week actually. And he's just, you know, he's a young, young guy who's just been just growing and growing and sort of just started from the age of 14 on his first EP and, and now he's just gone solo and I think this boy has a big future ahead of him. So for now, though, I just want to play a song, actually, of Kian's. This song is waiting, so here we go. Can I take you back to the day we met When I started on my words And I know that made you laugh And the way you flicked your hair And I saw the smile you had Yeah, I know there's something, there's something known There's something about you You've been gone a while, I'm like, where you been? Just split with another man, isn't that like number 10? You say you're feeling alone, and now you need a friend And now there's something, there's something, no, there's something about you You There's something about you, there's something about it There's something about you To spare, I've got something to say. I'm waiting, I'm waiting. You'll be impatient, but girl, I'll be happy to wait. I'm waiting, I'm waiting. I'm losing sleep over dreaming of you. Cause if it ain't me, then who? You feel the same. I'm waiting, oh, you feel the same. 
feel the same Hope you feel the same I walk away She slams the door I should've let you know I should've told you more Put my heart on my sleep But don't know where it's going There's something missing Something old There's something about you She says she been thinking I say thinking about But in my mind I kinda already figured it out You say you're feeling something I said I feel it too It's like there's something There's something old There's something about you I've got something to say I'm waiting, I'm waiting I'm usually impatient, but girl, I'd be happy to wait I'm waiting, I'm waiting I'm losing sleep over dreaming of you Cause if it ain't me, then who you feel the same I'm waiting, oh, you feel the same you feel the same Waiting for you, always patient for you. Yes, I am. Hope you feel the same. Waiting for you, always patient for you. Yes, I am. If you got a moment to spare, I've got something to say. I'm usually impatient, but girl, I'll be happy to wait. I'm losing sleep over dreaming of you Cause if it ain't me, then you feel the same You feel the same You feel the same I'm happy to wait for you, girl, yes I am, oh, oh. Hey you mob, this is Davey and you're listening to Urban Dreaming on Joy Yes, Deadly. you are on Urban Dreaming. This is Sarami on the mic and we have Dylan on the panel. Uh, that song just then before, that was Waiting by a fella named Kian. Now, he's only 16 years of age and that's, that to me is incredible. That boy has such an incredible voice. And I keep thinking about just the idea of someone being so young but also being so ahead of his years in general. Beautiful song. We'll probably play a song of his later as well um, and we will hopefully get him on the phone tonight. We have a special guest in the studio actually right now with us. Um, but before I introduce her... Drum roll, because this lady is a six-time Helpman nominee, and she actually won a Helpman as well. And she became one of Australia's most loved and celebrated performers. Yes, she's from Manangrida, and that's from North Arnhem Land to Carnegie Hall in New York. And basically, she's travelled the world, world, and Ursula has received glowing reviews for uh, many theatrical roles and was awarded a Helpman Award, like we mentioned before. And she also has been nominated for the roles of Jerry, in the Jerry Springer, The Opera, Mother Courage and her children for QTC, The Wizard of Oz for Windmill Theatre, Waltzing the Willera for Yuri Arkin Theatre Company and her one-woman cabaret show Magpie Blues, which was amazing. Yes, Magpie Blues premiered at the International Cabaret Festival in Adelaide in 2009 playing to packed houses at the Darwin Festival, the Dreaming Festival in Queensland, the Brisbane Cabaret Festival, the Gama Festival in Arnhem Land and part of the 2010 Melbourne International Arts Festival. The list goes on. She's done TV um, roles as well, such as Redfern Now, Gods of Wheat Street and The Code and has performed with many major theatre companies in Australia. And right now we have in the studio with us, Ursula Jovic. (laughs) (laughs) 
Hey, Must sorry. be used to that sound by now, I'm sure. Too funny. No, that's deadly. <laughs> <laughs> so, so good to have you on board. Thank you for your time, Ursula. I know how busy you are. No, thanks. Thanks for having me. Where do we begin? You've, you've been in the industry for how long now? Over 20 years, I'm presuming? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm not that old. No. No, 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 it has been. It has been over 20 years. Wow. And it goes so quick. Yeah, I remember your first real role was um, in Corrugation Road, I guess, started off. Almost, the yeah, almost there. Yeah. <laughs> that was back in 98, sorry, you and I both did that production. But I, my first production, I think my first professional production was with Belvoir in 1997 and that was called The Governor's Family and I worked with um, Neil Armfield. I probably should mention that I did do a little musical called Nathaniel Storm where Tony Briggs played my big brother. That was also, I think, in 97 as well. So I get those two kind of mixed up. And then I think Corrugation Road was the next one. Yeah, Corrugation Road, what a spin-out one that was because the idea of, of course, working with the amazing pioneer of all theatre, that was Jimmy Chai. And, you know, having him into actually some of the rehearsal times as well, which is incredible. And your specific role, you played a mental patient. <laughs> I did. <laughs> because the, the production was actually about Jimmy Chai's experience as someone who had mental illness, who suffered from it, and it was his experience in and out of Greylands yeah. in, in Perth. And, I mean, it was, I mean, it was an incredible an incredible piece and I didn't really realise it at the time because we were both really young. Mm. Um, yeah, it was an, a, an amazing piece and definitely well before its time because it, it really did touch on that whole, you know, mental illness um, and, and the effects of drugs and uh, when you start taking that kind of stuff, you know, medication. It's one of my favourite musicals, really. Mm. I think it's, it sort of stands for its time, doesn't it, as well? So it's, you know, because he, he is also the writer of Brand New Day. And, mm. you know, we don't, I don't know if it's true, but apparently there might be an actual um, remake of Corrugation Road as a film. So uh, I would love that. Wouldn't it, that be it beautiful? Needs, it would love, oh, yeah, I would love to see that. I think it's, um, it's um, definitely a musical that needs to happen again, for sure. Now... Looking back, but also coming forward in regards to where you are today, and, and I know you also, you've also you been writing and you've written a play mm-hmm. called Man with the Iron Neck. That's correct. Let's know more about this play. So um, Man with the Iron Neck, I was approached, I think, about a year and a half, maybe two years ago, by the wonderful Josh Bond, um, who was working with legs on the wall at that particular time. And I was involved in this piece as an actor... Um, and then they asked me on board if I would, you know, like to write this script. And and I, at that stage, my only experience of writing was with Alana Valentine. We co-wrote um, Barbara and the Camp Dogs. But I thought I'd just jump at the opportunity and, you know, regret it five seconds after I said yes. But, you know, 20 years of being in the industry, you you actually don't realise how much you pick up, how much you learn, and there's still so much to learn. But, yeah, I this piece is about, you know, youth suicide in Aboriginal communities. So rather than focusing on just that negative impact that it has, it's like what are the things that you can hold on to? Like we need hope, we need something that can kind of push us forward when we come through, you know, when we experience those hardships of losing, you know, a loved one. 
So that piece we're premiering at the Brisbane Festival in September this year. <laughs> you had to think about that one. September this year. It's going to other festivals, um, but um, obviously I can't mention those at the moment. I've got to see some of the work on sort of shorts of what your, your play is about and it's, I've noticed it's a very physical role. It's definitely, I mean, it's with, it's, yeah, it's with um, Legs on the Wall and they're a, a physical theatre company. It's one of Josh Bond's concept based on, you know, it's all our stories, but it was something that he's felt so strongly about. It is, it is a physical theatre company and there's a lot of aerial work and we have some wonderful um, contraptions that, you know, we get to fly up in in the space with and we have wonderful projections. So it's, it's a big piece. It's a, it's a massive piece. Um, I think Josh and Gavin Robbins, who is the other director, so Josh and Gavin are directing, they were always curious and really wanted to know, you know, you know, when you've experienced a bad news, what that would look like in a physical form, you know, because they're both, mm. you know, Josh has got a circus background and Gavin Robbins is a, a dancer slash physical theatre performer, now director. So, yeah, it's been a wonderful experience. Sometimes I find the theatre is reflective, isn't it? It mm. sort of reflects some parts of your life and, and also representation of a direction that you may want to go into things are meant to be specifically this is your life through theatre you know what I mean like mm. this is what you live and breathe and certain roles have come up you know because you, you get a chance to say yes or no to these certain roles Absolutely, of course yeah, yeah. but I think because it's also about self-discovery isn't it there's a thing of sometimes you when you say yes to a role even though you might think oh at the time it's not really my cup of tea or maybe maybe it could mm, be something mm. I can connect to but you find later that it's actually meant to be meant to happen oh yeah, yeah absolutely yeah. there's a lot of that yeah when I I say yes to things generally because I get excited and I think oh that's going to be that's going to be amazing you know if I've read the script or you know someone's talked through the concept with me and yeah I get excited before I say yes when I was younger and when I really just wanted to work, I said yes to every opportunity that came. Now I, I do take the time and I'll, I'll read through scripts and, you know, I'll have a bit of a think through. I love it because I'm always learning. I'm always picking up new skills and it's it, it's not just, you know, the struggle that I go through as a performer, but sometimes I can, you know, see something that I've I've missed because somebody else is actually doing what I probably should be doing. I go, oh my god, they've done that, and it's much easier. I should, I should do next time I ever, you know, do a production. I'm going to do what this actor did or, or what this singer did. So you're always picking up great little, little handy tips. All right, I, I really, really want to play one of your tracks. Um, this is one of your songs right now. Um, let us know what. I guess, what made you want to write this specific song? <laughs> this is a really old song. This is actually from my one-woman show, Magpie Blues, the cabaret show. I just had Jala. I think Jala was nine months old and um, I was working on the windmill production of The Wizard of Oz and I was in the process of putting this show together for the cabaret festival, so I was, I was exhausted. I remember being an exhausted new mum. But this song is about my siblings and this particular production you know talked a lot about myself of course uh, but you know my totems magpie black and white and just having this love of music where did that come from and the love of I guess 
language, um, music that's done in different languages. That came because I didn't actually know my language. But this song, I am um, called Just a Child, I'd written for my siblings. And Beautiful. Let's have a listen. You're an urban dreaming. On joy. To take back everything that's done. Oh, 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 I'd be there. I'd be there.
I'm Jambo Miezi Michi. What's good? My name is Wani, and you're listening to Urban Dreaming on Joy 94.9. Yes, thank you, Wani. What a cool voice there. Speaking of cool voices, we've got Ursula Jovic in the studio, and that song just then was called Just a Child. And um, reflecting back as a child, I guess, um, I want to I know more about you as a kid, because this is something I, I want to know personally. I've never really <laughs> asked you these questions, and now's the chance. So oh, when you was little, Ursula, when did you first discover you had a voice? Oh, I don't know. Um, my father said that I was always in the room singing, so and he said that I had a good voice, but I don't think I actually realised how good it was until maybe when about the time I met you. Hmm. Probably yeah, in my probably my teens, yeah, late teens. <laughs> You know, and, and you know, kids sort of their self discovery is there. They find things as they as they go. Um, I'm just really intrigued to know more about how I guess that idea of becoming uh, even slightly musical. Like, it was it I guess going into your earlier memory? Do you, do you find moments that you were doing stuff um, just naturally? And I guess what was your first ever song you learnt too as a kid? Well, I should know this. Um, I mean, it was probably a Whitney Houston song. It was probably the greatest love of all. <laughs> um, I've actually even I even recorded it. Um, oh my god! As a, I think I was fourteen or something like that, fourteen, fifteen. So, my dad's got that on like an old, you know, tape. And, and <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm kind of blushing and feeling a bit embarrassed about that. But no, look, I'm not embarrassed that I'm a fan of Whitney, and I will always <laughs> be a fan of Whitney's. But yeah, yeah, I look. I'm. It's lovely having a daughter now, like my my little girl Charla. You know, I, I could be in the other room or, you know, doing something else, but she'll be up in her own room and, you know, what my dad used to say about me, like I'd just be pottering about doing my own thing and singing away and she does exactly the same thing. So I do sometimes I go, oh, this is what it must have been like for my dad when I was little. So your dad's Serbian mm-hmm. and your mum's Aboriginal. Mm-hmm. That connection with your mum and dad, were they always, um, were they always there as, we, as you were growing up or...? So my father brought me up. My mother left when I was about eight years old. So I didn't really get to see much of her until I was 15 and then again, you know, on and off from there onwards. But my dad's, yeah, he was a single parent for most of that time and I'm the eldest in that union. I've got an older brother, Manuel Durke, from Saltwater Band. But he's from Elko Island, so we've got different mothers but we share the same father. And another three siblings afterwards my father was married again and then yeah I mean you know what (laughs) so yeah there's there's quite a lot of us but yeah I didn't grow up with my mum so being a mother and you know doing this work because you're so in demand with your work I've never known this woman to rest she's constantly on the go like and I find that that can be a lot of pressure for you so how do you how do you go about like you know being a parent being a full-time performer and also you know trying to juggle the both and also trying to find time for yourself as well what do you do oh I don't think I do very well to be honest (laughs) Um, I think you know it's just it's just one of those things that you you learn as you go 
But, you know, for anyone who's out there, if anyone's got any kind of advice to give you, you know, take it. Some things might not work for you, some things might, but I'll do something and I'll I'll push myself to my limits and then I'll go, oh, okay, now I know where my limit is. I need to make sure I don't get to that point again. Mm. So I think last year was my busiest year to date and I felt like I started this year slightly <laughs> exhausted, but... You know, what I did learn from last year was don't do that many shows and writing a piece yourself, you know, that's, you know, your your own baby, you know, that you're going to put up on stage and act as well. You know, it was just, there was just a, a number of projects that I was involved with that I just went, okay, next time I need to just pull back on that stuff. So yeah, I've, I'm learning, so I'll probably learn something from this year's journey as well. Yeah, speaking of learning, I think it's um, really intriguing because I know a lot of your work is very mostly political or it's, it's something very strongly cultural. Mm. Um, now, you were saying beforehand that you, you never really knew much about your culture. Um, I guess a lot of your music and your, the plays that you do and the performances in general, do you find that's sort of your, been your progression in learning? Oh, absolutely. Um, I'm very, very certain that if I was to stay in Darwin that I would have a limited knowledge in, in regards to, you know, the ab- Aboriginal politics and or just politics in general. But moving away from home and stepping away from, you know, what's familiar to me, coming to Sydney, like, it was difficult at the time, but it's one of the best things I've I've done for my own growth, I guess. You know, you learn about all the stuff that I didn't get taught at school <laughs> and you... You hear you hear these stories. You hear them firsthand. You you get to meet more, you know, blackfellas that are in the industry, and you go, oh, there are mob like me out here doing it, and they've got really important stories to tell. You know, mm. they're they're important stories. They're not just for entertainment. This is you know a part of passing on our knowledge, our our recent history. Yeah, it's always beautiful, isn't it, to sort of see that reflection through your work because it really affects us as an audience as well. And, and you've got that presence, I must say, Ursula. Whenever you perform, it's just something that... I, I never get sick of your performances, ever. <laughs> I don't know what it is. It's your voice. You know, there's this calming sort of uh, essence about your, your storytelling as well. And the way you portray your characters, I find the depictions to be so honest and, and raw and true. I guess I'm, I'm always interested in the artists and how their processes. And to become a character, what do you do and, and how do you find yourself falling in and out of these characters? And how do you find times to sort of step away from these characters too? They're great questions. You know, how I would approach my characters, I guess. I mean, the first thing you do when you read any script is you get all of your clues from within the script and what other characters say about this particular character and, and then what, you know, whatever character you're playing, you know, what do they say and... I think I'm a really good people watcher. I love watching people and I love kind of creating stories about, you know, what seems to be happening. I don't want to hear their conversation, you know, that that's kind of being a bit too much of a Doris. But, <laughs> <laughs> you know, I can see, uh, sometimes I'll see something going, I'll go, what's going on over there? And I'll just kind of make up my own little, you know, version of what's actually happening. It might not be right, but, it, you know, I, I think I'm getting pretty good at reading people. I, I think that helps me a lot. <laughs> but I'll say, you know, you just have to read up on whatever play you're working on. You know, say, for instance, when I was working on Man with the Iron Neck, you know, I was just looking up not only statistics, but the whole thing about a hangman's noose, all the historical 
ways that they've been used. It's just a, a knot for tying things up. Mm. But it's it's become synonymous with the noose, you know, the hangman's noose. And, you know, you, you do, you look up these things. And I think I went into some pretty dark worlds there uh, when I did my research. But that's what you do, you know, if you really want to kind of get into your character, then research that stuff and reach, research the play, not just your character. I remember working on a production down in South Australia, The Anatomy Lesson of Dr. Royce with Vital Statistics and going in and hanging out at the medical school and watching them operate on cadavers. This body used to belong to somebody. Mm. This was... So, you know, sometimes you do that kind of research because I... You know, the whole thing was about anatomy and um, this doctor and, and I wanted to know, you know, what happens. I wanted to experience it all, the smell, the... I, you know, I became a vegetarian not long after and the smell of... I don't blame formaldehyde you. was so incredibly strong, you know, for about a year that, mm. yeah, I found it very hard to eat meat for a long time. <laughs> but it was worth it to, to be in that moment and not have to double think or doubt your choices as an actor. You're listening to a Joycast from GLB TIQ Community Radio Station, Joy 94.9. I've got another track from Ursula. Um, let us know about this one. This one's called Without You. You know what? I just made this one up. This isn't about anything or anyone. I just wanted to have a go at writing something different. It's a breakup song. Love it. Something we all can relate to, I guess. Yeah. You're on Urban Dreaming. <laughs>
It's Layla Thacker, and you're listening to Urban Dreaming, Joy 94.9, SO. We've got an amazing guest in the studio. This is Ursula Jovic. And that song just played then, that was by her, called Without You. I guess as, an, as a musician, we write music because we write from our emotional states, yeah? Now, are you, are you the sort of writer who likes to write for the moment? Or, you know, give us a bit more information about how you write uh, and what's your process there? I write with this wonderful guy called Adam Ventura, and he plays bass in in my band and yeah we we do a lot of songwriting together sometimes I'll come in with lyrics and and then he'll come up with some kind of groove and then we'll create something together other times we'll start from scratch literally like he helped me write Barbara and the Camp Dogs you know the songs for that as well as Alana Valentine so the three of us created the songs for that particular show and yeah, some some of the songs come very quickly and some of the songs we have to shelve for a while and then come back to. And For Barbara in particular, I didn't want the songs to be specifically about our politics. So Look at the Sun was about, um, you know, facing some of those struggles and, and really just trying to come out on top. And where we placed it, you know, it was like the opener of the show. So we really thought about the structure of the this particular show and, you know, what kind of music did we want in these areas. And some of the songs we, we'd been performing for a few years and they worked and we thought we could add them in. Yeah, there are a few that are political, but they don't actually talk specifically about it, but where they were placed within the show. See, I, I don't, I don't, sometimes I don't want to spell it out. I just want people to kind of listen to my songs as, you know, something that you could hear on the radio and not necessarily get the full story behind it. Well, speaking of political work, because you've, you've done a lot of political music with mm. Black Arm Band. How long were you with them for and, and um, where did you travel to uh, with that show? I started with them in 2007, I think. So, yeah, I was with them for a very long time you know I had my daughter I think my first show I did in Sydney for the Sydney Festival I'd found out that morning before we went into rehearsals that I was pregnant with my daughter and I was kind of in a real shocked and dazed world I remember telling um 
Rachel Manza and Emma Donovan. Hey, Rachel. Hey. And they're all like, oh, my God, that's great news. Um, I didn't know what to think at the time, but, yeah, it was great to have that news and then to be on stage, you know, singing with some of these amazing artists that we have. I mean, inspired by working with, you know, some of the older artists, Kucha, Joey Gaia, Bart Willoughby. Bart Willoughby, yeah, and just having those conversations and, you know, hearing about them and their stories and, you know, seeing them have such humility and so calm and it's all about getting the story out there. And that was a wonderful thing to see and be around, you know, as a younger performer to to go that's actually it's okay to be like that it's okay to you know not buy into this world of the pop world I guess where you, you can kind of get caught up in it and it was just nice to see them perform with such love for whoever they're performing for and yeah got a lot out of it especially the history yeah that album that you made um that's really the type of music that you you feel more connected to is that correct or is it something that you just thought was a, just an off project uh, that one was just a, a little project, you yep. know. Um, it had a bit of a mix of stuff as well as um, some covers and I have not actually recorded an album of my own stuff so that's something that I'm, you know, hoping to <laughs> get to eventually. I've been saying it for 20 years but, you know, when you're ready, you're ready and pretty close to ready. All right, I've just got a couple of random questions for you right now because mm. that's what we do here yeah, yeah. at Urban Dreaming. Um, so what's your favourite food? Uh, spaghetti bolognese. Your favourite colour? A blue. Who's your biggest inspiration? Ah, my daughter, I think, yeah. Nice. And if there's something you want to say to the younger fellas um, who are listening to us right now, uh, who who dream to be or aspiring to become actors and, and performers in general, what's the best advice you can give them? When you're beginning, really take every opportunity you can because it's not just about getting a name, it's picking up skills, it's picking up, you know, little tips here and there. I've picked up so much over 20 years and and some of it's from watching, some of it's from taking notes. But, yeah, if you, you know, approaching work with an open heart and an open mind, being humble and just sticking at it Mm. and constantly, you know, looking back at your work and going, you know, I was happy with that. If I was to do it again, how would I approach it differently? I do sometimes kind of look back and go, oh, I wish I'd have done that a little bit differently. So, you know, recognising when you make those mistakes and and knowing, bringing that lesson with you to the next job and just be really nice, you know, just be really nice to people because, I mean, especially if you're studying with people, if, if they're just as serious as you are, they're going to be around for a long time and those connections are really important. I guess it's because it's a tough industry, isn't it? You know, it's such a competitive industry and there's a thing of these expectations to be unique. It's hard to be unique, isn't it, in, in a degree of, uh, you know, what's going on in today's um, arts world, I guess. Um, Ursula, is it possible if we can hear you <laughs> just sing something just on the spot? Because, uh, yeah, I love your voice and I just love to hear uh, Yeah, look, um, it's always hard. Like, I know a million songs, but as soon as someone says, can you sing a song, I all of a sudden don't know any. So this one's Pieces. It's written about my mother. Beautiful. Something you said I can't recall But it led me to a quiet truth You never claimed to know it all 
Something you said reminded me of who you were. Oh, we had plans, but I forgot to write them down. And I can't call you anymore, and I can't call when I'm in town. But I forgot to even start Now I'm picking up the pieces of this broken heart Dreams fall by the wayside And I'll lay them down to rest with you And dawn brings in this yearning How I wished I'd had the best of you Gorgeous. Always, always a pleasure to hear you sing, Lushla. Thank you. Every time I get emotional when I hear your voice. Thank you so much for your time, Ursula. It's been amazing having you in, on board here tonight. Looking forward to the next work that you have. Thanks again. Thank you. You have been listening to Urban Dreaming with your hosts, Sue Rummy and Miss Elanius a show that aims to bridge the gap and close the divide. You can stay up to date by adding us on your Facebook and download the podcast from joy.org.au. Urban Dreaming on Joy 94.9. This Joycast is a free service brought to you by Joy 94.9. Support Joy 94.9 by becoming a member at joy.org.au. This podcast was produced by Joy Media. You can support Joy's diverse sound and diverse community this June by donating to Joy Radiothon 2024. Go to joy.org.au slash radiothon. And remember, we all flourish with joy. Joy.